0: If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want to coach and tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play, because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things.
1: Welcome to the Goat Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a goat, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the Goat Consulting Podcast right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in Pod Studio One. We have a new face at the table. We'll introduce her in just a second. Yep. We got a great show for you today. To the right, as always... From the Goat Empire, the Goat family of brands, my good friend, the inventor of the Goat brand itself, Mm -hmm. Tyler Burnett. All he does is punt, kick, catch (laughs) passes, and was born in 1950. Tyler, thanks for being here today. (laughs) Very
2: well presented. We found all that out today. The new green hat. And the new green hat. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I like always rolling out new hats. Yeah, I like that.
2: I'm gonna need one of those. And Uh, to everybody,
1: one to the left at the table. Always that drove over, made the big drive from Brentwood, but is always on time. We appreciate yep. that. Some of us. We call him the LinkedIn Whisperer. <laughs> He's the calming force for our show, none other than John Byers. Makes great babies.
0: Yes, Makes great, great babies. That's what he says. <laughs> well, we'll talk. That. That's what Gosh. he says. And delivers be, great babies. You better be That's involved. More accurate. And,
1: and a Caught. special guest Caught. sitting at the at the table with us today that uh, has a great story. I feel like we need a pause. This is a pretty big deal. This is our first guest ever.
2: I'm really excited. It, I, wow. I can't believe I'm the first. Epic.
1: Add it to your um, to first. your many, event, many uh, accomplishments, but yep. uh, Rachel Layton, who is not only uh, a state champion, Oh wow! from what I hear, but also today serves as managing partner for the Juice Bar.
2: That's true. But
1: in between being a state champion... It's hard to do. And where you are today, there are so many moments that some might call you the man. That's right. But interestingly enough, you're a woman.
2: <laughs> I know. It's Go a little finger. confusing for folks. <laughs>
3: and so I hope we're going to talk a little more about that.
1: Well, we are. But I, you know, you uh, you always you use. LinkedIn to find the most incredible people. And once again, yeah. you, you've done it again. I'm sure he did meet you through LinkedIn.
2: You know, I think we met in person at an event. It was for what? Young Leaders it's Council. Very, it's
3: very, yeah, sorry to let you down so soon. <laughs> now, yes.
2: now, he quickly linked with me right after yeah. that and okay. maintained that relationship. But we okay. did exchange emails You know, (laughs) all
1: that traditional old stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. Prior
1: 2020.
2: And we were
3: also, uh, I think maybe through Young Leaders Council or through the NELLAs, Mm -hmm. the Emerging Leaders Award that we won, I think, around the same time. So I didn't have anybody else in my category that year. I think Rachel (laughs) had about 47 people in hers. So,
1: you know, I'm just going to say
3: this podcast with Rachel almost didn't happen because when I talked to her about joining us and we were talking about. Goats, and I hope she'll share some yeah. of those today. I was, I was talking about Tupac, and she said he's not a goat. And I said, I'm not sure we can be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just depends
2: on what side of the road. No, you're no, no, no. From, this you is, I mean, you're not going to do this today. It's tough. <laughs> You've already cut me. We deep love in each that. other through it, but we do disagree <laughs> on some things.
3: <laughs> Part of the reason you're here, yeah, and we're so glad about that.
1: Yeah, you exciting. said Thanks you wanted to share a, uh, just a moment from her bio, or well, touch on that. You
3: know, I. Rachel was talking a little bit about her background, how she got to where she is today. And I'm not a big fan of reading bios, yeah. but there was a couple of sound bites that I thought Colby you, you unpacked from uh the the, the Google, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. The and Google machine. You know, I just thought it was worth reading. I mean, she'll share about how she got to this point. She's going to sum that up for us here in a moment. But in two years, uh, it's in the two years that she spent at Tzatziki's, the same store sales surged by double digits. Mm-hmm. Really impressive. So much so, and, and I think during that time, you were the first female executive of the parent company.
2: Yes. And, and the youngest, yeah.
1: And the youngest. Ooh, got, got Tyler beat. Keep going. Oh, wow. Well, we're not going to talk about age. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: 1950
2: <laughs> was not that long ago.
0: <laughs> only one of them's wearing
3: beard sheen today. That's right. Thank God.
2: We'll let everybody guess who it is. But here, here's
3: one <laughs> of the things that was said. It says that Rachel is a leader in our company has demonstrated not only the kind of young, motivated expertise we look for, but also the willingness to take risks. These are new times we're living in, and she embodies our guest-first focus. And I just thought, she's a legend in the community. She's a legend in the industry. She's a goat. She's a goat, for sure. And why not have her join us for some good conversation one of these things is not like the other here at the table. <laughs> She's going to bring a different, a unique oh, perspective, absolutely. which we talk about. That's right. From a unique education, a, a unique, unique perspective
1: experience.
3: and experience. And I thought this was just such a, a great time. And, and I, I'll say this, too, um, because I think this will lead into the topic a little bit, and hopefully you'll, you'll t- talk a little more about this. But does anybody remember... At the beginning of Jerry Maguire and also at the beginning of this podcast, if you haven't listened, wherever (laughs) you stream music, go back, tell Tell your your friends, friends, tell your lovers. (laughs) Um, Anywhere you listen to podcasts, it'll be on there. But we talk about Jerry Maguire in the first episode. Mm -hmm. So I won't rehash that. You'll have to go back and listen. But does anybody remember in the movie what he names the mission statement? It's not a memo it's a mission statement. Does anybody remember the name of it? For kudos. Did you extra watch points? it after the first I episode?
2: I did watch it. Of course.
0: It. There's one it? line out of there that I really love in that movie. And is we'll
2: it have, the same we'll one, one? Okay. The,
1: the the name of the mission statement is the things we think and do not say. The future of our business. <laughs>
3: the things we think and do not say. And I thought I've been holding on to something publicly for a long time. Mm. That might frame up this particular conversation really well. Good. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. Thirty-five. He has his moment. Yeah. And this might be mine.
1: Well, here's what I want to say. If you read her bio too, it says that she's the brand's first ever female executive, and was a core member of the team that put Diziki's in a position to leverage innovation and technology, overcome labor and supply chain challenges and remain profitable during the pandemic.
3: She's the man. And she's the man.
1: And (laughs) so all all those things together, one of the things that we talk about this podcast and that makes this podcast what it is, is that goats are easy to spot in sports. Mm. Mm -hmm. They're they're the people that are recognized for the greatness. They elevate everybody else around them. But in business, it's different. Goats compete on unique perspective, education, and experience. Mm -hmm. What they do gives them energy. gives other people energy, and also what they do creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And when I read that bio and when John gives that quote Mm -hmm. about you, it makes me think about that idea. Mm -hmm. One of the other things is you'll see this big bottle of syrup from Waffle House, not Walmart, um, that we (laughs) reference here. Somebody asked me
3: if it was tea.
1: It's not I thought tea. it was at first, we're, we're, but then I got it. We're going to you know. pour it all over the table today. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but we serve it up in a way that, that you can get it. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about reading those two things is obviously, a listen to your background, that you serve it up in a way that you can get it for mm-hmm. other people and that you certainly are somebody that competes on unique perspective, education, experience, And so we appreciate you being here today.
3: Thanks for having me. Um, epic moment. Yeah.
1: John's done a great job of framing it up. I think Jerry is right when he says, do you remember that moment where he said he wrote the mission statement? Mm -hmm. The things we think and do not say. Do you remember the song in the background?
2: Oh, my. Oh, whoa.
1: It's the who. I'm in tune.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and read. Now that we're sort of keynoting out what this moment was about, I think the thing for me, I don't know how much you guys know about the Enneagram. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I spend a lot of time trying to maintain my presence when I'm with people and not be thinking seven steps ahead. Yeah. Um, But one of the things I started doing during COVID was just making those moments happen. Like if I'm thinking about you and you know your family and what's going on, I'm just going to shoot it. I'm not going to leave it unsaid. I'm going to shoot a text and say, Man. Hey, I'm just thinking about you this morning. You're on my mind. I hope everything's going well. And that was a practice that 2020 gifted me mm. because I was trying to regain um, my happiness and my joy with not being able to hug anymore, and not being able to see people in person anymore, and even when I do see them, a lot of times they are having to wear a mask, and mm-hmm. I can't see their face um, and connect with them in the way I would. So, I mean, I think it's many tiered. But yeah, in business, I think one of the things that's unique is I tend to really like the folks who stay behind the curtain. There are some greats on my list, and I, I tried. I tried really hard not to put too many people who were cliche on here because I have listened to other episodes. Well, some of them have been named. Well,
3: before you go there, because I I'm excited for you to share your goats. I'm
2: excited. I really worked hard on this list for you.
3: I believe that. I can you can you just give us like the sixty-to second to two minute mm-hmm. version of how you got here? Cause your career and how you've gotten to where you are today. Is pretty impressive. Can you walk us through and, and our global audience through that, please?
2: <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes, I can. Let me make sure I check the time before I tell you this long story. Um, so <laughs> I started out in radio broadcasting. Um, I wanted to get out of class more and go to vocational. So the easiest one that looked like the most fun was radio. Um, it was really fun to do, even more fun than I expected. And I happened to be pretty much like good at it because I loved talking. Um, <laughs> I got trained through that vocational and the the accolade that was being referenced was a high school broadcasting championship and radio news. Um, I went into it actually not expecting to win that. And it's still, sometimes I think back on that time and think how amazing was that um, to be able to get that. And at the time I was 17 years old. So it was really my first wow. big accolade. Um, and so I got that and then I went to college. I fought with my parents about where I was gonna go, but it made it kind of easy because my boyfriend at the time was out already at Ball State. It's 30 minutes from where I was from, um, which which is well known for David Letterman being the one that went there. He does have a plaque on the wall that says "Cs get degrees." Oh yeah, um, which I'm I'm <laughs> kind awesome. of I'm kind of into that. Um, <laughs> I don't really personally like Cs on my scorecard, but I'm okay with like that idea. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I went there for uh, radio broadcasting, telecommunications, and uh, I thought for sure I was going to be in TV. Came down to Nashville, the top 25 market in the time, and I was very excited to be able to get in and get my feet wet and use my degree, which is what everybody (laughs) wants to do. Um, Nashville was actually in the process of recouping from um, the flood. Mm. And so the recession went on a lot longer here. A lot of people. So this is
3: 10 years ago. Yep.
2: a lot of people have forgotten um, how Oprah was already gone. Right? She, luckily, she left a vacancy that I was able to, yeah. you know, capitalize on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so. Nashville was still struggling through financially and there weren't a lot of jobs and as we all know and love Nashville for it it's a big small town so I was brand new uh, 22 years old and didn't have any contacts here I just loved this this place and I loved what it was about and the friendliest city in the US was yeah. still true even back then um, and so I started waiting tables because I couldn't really find a job I got a couple offers that were well, you know a little below what i was looking for yeah um and so yep i started waiting tables i met some folks i went to work for a couple corporate companies um and i realized pretty quickly it just really wasn't a good fit for me i never really was built to sit in a cube farm and um just hammer out tasks i, I love people i love serving i love treating people to you know hospitality yeah So after working um, in the corporate world for a little bit, I told my mom, I'm quitting uh, my job right now. I was in the car on the phone with her crying in the parking lot.
0: I've been there, too. Yeah. (laughs) We all have those
2: moments of breakdown. Um, And she's like, you're not quitting your job, for one, because you have bills. But for two, uh, why don't you be a part of the solution instead of a part of the problem by just walking away? So I was like, okay, yeah, you're probably right. What do you think she meant by that? You know, my mom has always kind of been one of the people that will never let you quit. So I really identify with the sports stuff that we were kind of talking about before the show started. Um, I grew up playing sports as well, and there was a lot of times where I'm like, I just want to quit. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, you don't quit. What was your sport? I played, volleyball was probably one of my favorites. I played softball all my life. Okay. Um, And honestly, all kinds of things in between. I did track. I ran the 400. uh, I did high jump. I know you guys saw I wasn't that tall. Uh, for everybody who's not able to see me right now, it was a, you know, it was kind of unique. It didn't but, go through my mind, but yeah. I mean, um, I was a high jumper um, because I was a volleyball front row attacker, so I had the the yeah. jumping. You just like to compete. Yes, I love to compete. Yeah, me too. And um, but tennis. in that moment,
1: she said, "Be a part of the solution, not mm-hmm. the problem." Yeah. You internalize that to mean what?
2: You know, I think looking back, so I was very frustrated in the moment and I was 23 years old. So I don't think I had a lot of, a good vantage point of what Emotional. was, I, well, I don't think I had a good vantage point of what was to come. I right. didn't really, I yep. wasn't, you know, I wish I could say at that point I was right. just, I knew that the universe right. was going to pick me. Yep. Um, but I was <laughs> frustrated and she was basically saying, do something about it okay. help yourself. Okay. Um, and, you know. I think growing up, my family did an amazing job, always reinforcing to me like, "Hmm, there's something special about you. Um, mm. Why don't you use that talent mm-hmm. and that gift and in a way that helps others?" And I was fortunate to have that support from my family. Yeah. And so cool. I went, you know, out and looked, and I talked to a couple folks about what what's next. And I had a good mentor say like, "If you don't know what to do, it's time to go back to school mm. and learn something new."
1: Yeah.
2: And so I started looking at um, law school and business school. And a good friend of mine, uh, her husband was an attorney. And I said, hey, I don't know if she told you, but I'm thinking about studying for the LSAT and becoming an attorney. And I'm pretty excited about it. And he was like, You're way too happy to be an attorney.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that
2: would be the biggest mistake of your life. Wow. Not that you wouldn't be good <laughs> at it, but it no.
1: Whoever you are, thank you for doing yeah. <laughs> it, telling her that.
2: <laughs> and, uh, and I was shocked by that. And so I said, Okay, well, I guess I'll study for the GMAT. And I um, ended up going to Belmont mm. and I had a great time there. And I think very fondly of all that I learned at Belmont. Uh, again, one of the greats, Jack C. Massey, um, is, you know, his name is on the business school there. And so, I ended up studying there, and through that, I got to work for Arthur Laffer, uh, the father of supply-side economics. Saw him on the
3: news this morning. Yes,
2: he's on there quite a bit, big contributor, um, and he taught me a lot about supply-side economics, which the theory is that life is about incentives and disincentives. Mm -hmm. For me, I think that was a really critical stepping stone for me to understand how marketing and sales and those things work, because you can incentivize people to do something, and accidentally, you can disincentivize Mm. them. And knowing that, I kind of built my marketing ethos around that. Like, how do I trigger behavior based off of that? And marketing is really just a magnifying glass. It's a a fine art and a fine science all in one. Mm -hmm. Um, So I spent some time sort of trying to understand what I wanted to do. And um, I got, luckily, a great conversation with Arthur Laffer Jr., his son, who was also involved in the business. He said, what are you doing here? And, um, actually just bumped into him recently. We had this conversation. I was like, am I getting fired? I've actually never been fired before. And he's like, no, you're not getting fired. But what are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, uh, work here. And he's like, no. So not long after that, I Ran into um, local restaurateur Andy Marshall. He is uh, really the father, CEO, proprietor of A Marshall Hospitality. They own Puckett's, yep. uh, Deacon's, New South, and Downtown. Mm-hmm. I've
3: read that you are single-handedly credited for putting them on the map. Man, I I,
2: can't, I wish I could take that credit. I mean, they only um, had
3: three restaurants before you got there. <laughs> I helped them at-
2: open eight of eleven, um, but I was sort of a a you know, wore multiple hats there and it was all, it was all the team. Um, it was just really the dream team at that time. Andy was very much, and he always has been a great champion of women. His daughter was in the process of kind of coming up in the business. She was the director of operations when I got there and now she's the COO. And um, he was just sort of putting the right people in the right places to work together and make the most out of it. And we had an awesome team and um, we were just all kind of firing on all cylinders. And that's the Holy grail of happiness. Um, after being there with him for four years, I realized I really wanted to grow into more, even more leadership, um, and I got a chance to go work for Taziki's, which you were referencing a lot of my accolades from there. And um, yeah. I, when I came into Taziki's, I got a lot of new lessons. Uh, being a first-time executive is a big one. Um, learning about the franchising world, which is totally different than the world that I started in, and getting a more global view of what what is a national company and what does it mean to run one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I spent some time there, had a lot of fun, and we again had. A, a dream team um, we were able to just execute a lot of things be very agile and run the business like a small business but we were really big and we benefited a lot from that and um, it was a great year in 2019 um, i was starting to feel like i was you know ready for my next step and then uh, the tornado happened right and the world stood still here in nashville and so um, immediately the heart behind tazikis was like let's serve so all we did for two weeks was show up with food, and it was so much like it was invigorating to me to be out and just serving and feeding because that's what what we do. Mm-hmm. That's why we do what we do. Um, and Tzatziki's has a very philanthropic heart. Uh, it starts, you know, with the founder and uh, the board and the executive team, and it was amazing to do that. And then, you know, I felt like I was starting to come up for air uh, just in time to see our business disappear in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were. On another path for a record year. And in two days, overnight, basically, um, the business went away 90%. Yeah. And so it was shocking. What do you do then? (laughs) Yep. It was shocking. And I thought to myself, well, I really can't leave at this moment and let them be in this position. So, um, you know, I stayed and grinded it out. And, um, you know, we led a sales recovery as a team. We reinvented the business overnight. And we started figuring out, okay, if our customers can't come to us, how do we come to them? and that actually was one of the best things that ever happened to the business because we learned to focus again, refocus on the customer. Yeah. And you know, I think being able to be a part of that recovery was, again, another gift for me. It was a lot of lessons to learn how to do more with less, and I think the restaurant industry got optimized by 2020. There's mm. a lot of things that we had to rethink, retool, um, and invent. Push Just, the
0: envelope. Yep. You probably stopped somewhat pushing the envelope. That's right.
2: And things that would have been totally out of bounds before mm-hmm. became viable solutions that we started working as a plan. And then once we got them back to the 90% recovery, um, I kind of went into more of a consulting advisory role with them. And I, I started working on Juice Bar. And, you know, since I've been at Juice Bar, we've turned a massive sales trajectory back around. We've been, recovered 5%. Um, we still have a ways to go. We've led a, a brand refresh, which has been so much fun because mm-hmm. as a as a marketer by yeah, trade, that's, that's kind of my jam. Yeah, um, we're getting ready to roll out a new menu. It's already in test in Brentwood and at the Gulch here in the Nashville area. It'll be rolling out nationally in January uh, to the rest of the world. So, you know, it's been it's been fun, and I think one of the things that you always try to look back is like put the dotted line and like try yeah. to connect them throughout your whole story. For me, mm-hmm. I think my path was just so unconventional and really the, the real piece of thread that I think is connected is just me um, answering yes, as much as I can. Um mm-hmm. getting to that. Yes. And we were talking about sales before we got started. And I think being a natural salesperson and always, I know John is one of the most gifted salespeople I've ever met. And it's because wow. you can make it authentic and you can find a, find a yes And that kind of goes back again to economics and the supply side ideology of how do I incentivize a yes? How do I get this there? We don't have to say no. We can say yes.
3: So, Rachel, when we were talking about the potential of her being on, she said, can we name the episode You're the Man? (laughs) Can you – I was wondering who came up with that. It it certainly couldn't have been one of us. Right? Uh, Well,
1: actually, I I do know who came up with that. Oh. Well, it's actually credited for it. believe it or not, ironically, the person that is known most for saying you're the man is Dave Letterman. Yeah.
3: Oh, look at that. That's true. See how we tie things in here. I
2: know. <laughs> so, look at that beautiful yeah. ribbon that just swung around <laughs> yeah, all of he, us. <laughs>
1: that is what he would say on the show. Yeah, he did. To, uh, to celebrate his guests, yep. meaning I think you are worthy of praise. Mm-hmm. What did he say? You, his when version of the woman. goat, right? Yeah. yeah. His version he say of, of when it, it was, was a woman. <laughs> you're the man.
3: I love it. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, I think we need to talk about some goats. You've got a <laughs> yes, couple. Yes, I've
2: got some goats, and I prepared for this, and I was really excited to see what you guys would think about some All of these. Right.
3: I've got one too. I'm not sure you can beat it, but please. Okay, try. well then
2: we need to start with that.
3: No, no, <laughs> no you you just
2: you got out there in front, so ah. I'm gonna let you take it.
3: Well, thank you for gifting me with that. <laughs> as you put it um, when I think of the coned bra. There is only one person on the, on the planet. This <laughs> yes, is a very
2: interesting On the planet.
3: And we all, maybe we all don't know. Yeah. Tyler <laughs> may not know. Yeah. Gosh, but Madonna. the bus. Yep. Madonna is the goat. Mm-hmm. Oh. She is a goat. She's the goat. Mm-hmm. Like Dan Aykroyd. She, VH1 labeled her as the greatest pop icon of all time. Now- They said behind David Beckham, but I don't even count that. (laughs) That's not a thing. MTV, many have said, should stand for Madonna Television. Wow! Wow! I didn't totally
1: agree. And
3: she is Or Martha Quinn. She is a permanent fixture on every single list that talks about the world's most powerful, admired, or three different lists influential women. Probably people, I would imagine. She's on a
1: lot of those too. If you're going to do that. You're gonna tell us and our audience.
2: Your favorite?
1: Yes.
3: Song. song. Well, I mean, I thought one of her most vulnerable moments
2: <laughs> when I like she this guy, Papa I like don't this. preach.
3: <laughs> when she was actually a virgin and sang about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's interesting. <laughs> That's like a interesting like virgin. Hair. Like a
1: virgin.
3: Okay.
2: I'm going to go ahead and shift into migrates now. I want to hear your song
3: first. <laughs> what about Alejandro? That was a good one too.
1: My, mine's holiday. You hear that song.
2: That is a good one. And
1: it takes you to a place. You know, that wasn't
2: that wasn't at the top for me. It is a great one, and yeah. I actually do love it. Um, but I, you know what? This is going to blow your mind. Okay. Don't oh, wow. Cry For Me, Argentina. Which, when I remember <laughs> well, being like a kid of, that, right? of that.
3: Is that the one I just named, or is that a different one? Alejandro. Is that in that song,
1: or is that I a think
2: different it's. Song? I think it's the same. Yeah. Okay. Um, but when I, I You're remember- You're just a
1: female the, perspective yeah. and a yes, male perspective.
2: Different. I remember seeing it on the video. I'm like- <gasps> When I was so young, I was just like, whoa, what does this all mean? <laughs> you know. But I just felt something, you
1: know? I need
0: to watch the video.
3: What?
1: Well, it works.
3: Yeah. <laughs> something in light with that, but different, is I was watching the new Wonder Woman with my three-year-old daughter the other day. This is, again, a vulnerable moment. I cried in the opening oh. scene. Oh. Heavens to Betsy. It is, oh. it is an epic opening scene, and, and I won't spoil it, but this little girl and, and what she does in the first eight minutes... Well, it, it it was it moved me.
0: I've got four daughters, so I guess I'll have to watch that.
2: You and my stepdad should have a talk. I'm the yeah. oldest of three girls.
0: Yeah, well, I need to talk with somebody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a professional. <laughs> I need a shoulder. That's I need right. a shoulder.
0: Whose shoulder can I cry? What's on? your email? <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. You just yep. plug in. There you go. Yeah. All, All right, right. let's, let's, let's yours.
3: see yours. You're up. All
2: okay, right. so I tried to Well, let me give you a precursor. My definition of a goat, which everybody has a little bit different one.
3: We still have two deep questions to get to, by the way. We're 25 minutes Uh in. We may go a little long for your ride to work and home (laughs) to So
2: Yeah. Um, Okay. So the definition for me of a goat is someone who did something that many people thought was impossible or hadn't done before Mm. and did it better than most people that came after them. Mm. So for me, that's my version. I love that. Um, So... The cliche, the kind of cliche one, I think Henry Ford is one of those yeah. people um, who was able to take an idea of something and make it, to your point, approachable. Okay. Um, so I think that's one. Uh, Mary Kay Ash, who invented Mary Kay. Um, mm-hmm. When I think about great marketer, she comes to mind. For a while, I can't remember ever knowing any other makeup of any kind besides Mary Kay, and I know She's so She's the pink many Cadillac, too, yeah. right?
3: Like, I mean, yep. that's no one thinks of anybody else. When Quintessential
2: they say a branding mark when you see it on the interstate, you're like, ah, they're a uh, they're right. a Mary Kay person. Uh, probably the most, and I know you guys have brought him up before, but he made my list with Steve Jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. I think anybody who can conceptualize something that didn't exist before is one of the greatest sure. and can also rally people around an idea of something that does not exist. Like him literally saying, I'm going to put music in your pocket, um, was one of the moments that the world stood still because they could not comprehend what yep. he was meaning.
1: Um, makes me think of Frank of the tank. Tank. <laughs> he rallied everybody with something that didn't <laughs> exist. He
2: did. We're going streaking. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. Wait,
1: say your definition of the goat again.
2: I think uh, my definition of a goat is someone who has done something that either no one else has done before
0: mm-hmm.
2: or hasn't conquered okay. who and then continues to do it better than anyone mm. else that comes after them. Like okay.
0: a Netflix? Well yeah. done.
2: Netflix is a great example. And actually, they started out as a failure. I don't know if you know they that did. story. but um, Okay, so Lee Aoka, do you guys know who that is? I don't. Okay. So he's actually kind of known for being the big marketing executive brain behind um, the Mustang. Yeah. And he left Ford and went to Chrysler, and he actually was kind of credited with his brilliance behind the minivan, which actually brought Chrysler out of, out of really basically bankruptcy, yeah. brought them back into, and they they really are credited with the minivan. That's cool. So – you know he had a a brilliant mind that would think outside the box and i i really you know recently i watched uh Ford versus Mustang and and he uh, gets a lot cool. of credit so if you've seen that That's him in the Mm. movie. Okay, Um, so that's a
0: movie Ford versus Mustang. (laughs)
2: Yes, (laughs) and I highly recommend watching it, especially if you like cars. Um, Ford versus Ferrari. You're right.
1: My dad has a GT500. So, oh wow. Because I was thinking Ford versus Mustang. I mean, that would be a good movie. But (laughs) that's that's (laughs) That's that's kind of like the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
2: Yeah. you're right. That's why
0: I was like, hmm,
1: that's interesting.
2: Yes, (laughs) you're right. You're right. Nicky Lauda is this kind of in the car world as well, Formula One champion, and he's one of the only if not the only i think he is the only um champion to win in both a ferrari and a mclaren Mm. and those are the top two or especially in his time frame the top two cars in formula one um it's very like taboo to work for both you're either one or the other and he won championships in both so i think you know
3: you're rattling off goats as if you may never get the chance to be on this podcast again (laughs) i just want
2: to i have two more i have one more oh wow um so have you guys seen Hidden Figures? Mm-mm. Have you? Oh, I already yeah. knew you were going to say no. <laughs> um, so Dorothy have. Vaughn, the first black uh, female advisor, supervisor for NASA, um, she's in, in the movie. She mm. is the one who learns how to operate the big room. Mm. That mm-hmm. is the computer. Um, and she really was somebody who, in that movie, when I, when I was watching it, it was resonating with me so much how she was continually getting told no.
3: Did she just die? I don't know. Feels oh. like that might have been just. But way in the to put news, a damper but, on my sorry. story. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a legacy. She is.
2: She's yeah, a le- legend. Yeah, so I, I really admire. Um, people, especially in her time, to be a black female mm. um, at NASA. Which, uh, in case you guys don't know, fun Rachel. In fact, I always wanted to work for NASA. NASA, I will come work for you. Just call me. Um, <laughs> They're trying always, to
3: sponsor the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> was, maybe we're just being careful who we you let know. in. Maybe they'll point.
2: help. They'll so either
0: them help. or Kate Spade. Hey, uh, Sinlon yeah. did a turf job at NASA. By the way,
1: ooh, Just throw that little, little that little tidbit in there. I mean,
2: if you can, if you can get me connected, it's the only
1: bio-based turf in the industry, and that's what NASA decided to go with us. Of course. Wow. Yeah, look so, at that. NASA is super environmental friendly. Big time. All
3: um, right, we got it. We,
2: yeah.
0: How
3: are you feeling? Are you good on?
2: Yeah. Boats? I mean, you have my yes, other one in your eight, notes, which is more. sort of what spurred the uh, Well, let me topic. just drop
0: a little goat in there real quick, yeah. backing yeah. off uh, yep. uh, kind of your goats and what you've gone to. But, and of course, being a baseball guy, I got to throw in Jackie Robinson. Mm. Yeah. I mean, all the turmoil he yeah, went through, absolutely. all the name yep. calling, all the... Uh, I would imagine I don't I don't know what that's like, but I would imagine that would have been so easy to quit. Yeah. Oh yeah, and so easy to say, you know what? This is just forget it. This isn't worth it. Yep. And After what he what he did to for so like you said, your definition of a goat is, is he opened up a door that yes. had never been opened before. And, and I think there's not that's a really single
3: cool. little league team that doesn't have a kid on there that wants number forty-two. That is uh, so true. Black, white, Hispanic, yep. it doesn't
1: matter.
2: Yep. yep.
3: Not a single kid.
2: That's I love true. It.
1: Well, who is the one that's that's earned this conversation?
2: So did you guys ever watch uh, the recent series that came out called Queen's Gambit?
1: God, it's so
0: good. Mm, I'm not so good.
1: Okay,
2: this is going on your long list of homework. Okay,
0: I, do, I have a very long <laughs> list. Yeah, you do. It's always getting does. longer
2: the you? longer I'm here, too. Uh, we yeah. got to shut this thing
3: yeah. down. <laughs> are you writing
0: this down? With I'm never going to be able to
3: catch up. He's not
2: taking notes, so that's <laughs> worrying I, I me I a little. I, I, know, yeah. I see you doing that there. Um, okay, so Beth Harmon in the movie is the main character, and she is kind of this chess prodigy. She starts out being an orphan. She has a very, very tough beginning and I don't want to ruin too much of it but she essentially learns how at a very young age how to play chess and um, she ends up becoming a champion by the end of it beating someone who was known for being unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Um, through it she struggles with a lot of things and one of the things that I was uh, telling John about was there was a really a part of that movie that just pierced me and I haven't or sorry a series um, that I haven't been able to let go of ever since, and it was where they were talking about having gifts, and all of us in the world have a gift, um, whether we know what it is or whether we honor it. Those are all up for discussion.
0: True,
2: but um, there's a moment where he's talking about her gift, and he says, "You have your gift, and you have what it costs." Mm. And it That's it good. really, as a young female, um, you know, in an industry that is full time all the time. Um, I was thinking to myself, like, whoa, I've always known and thought about the gift. I've rarely thought about what it costs. And um, she gives up a lot in, in that whole series of herself, of things she wants, and she's very unique in that way. And there was a lot of moments that I, um, I felt connected to her because of being young and knowing things I was giving up to get to where I am um, at this point in my life. And I felt like she was, she's definitely a go. I mean, an artificial character, but um, really one of the, the greatest of all time. And thinking about how do you overcome the mm-hmm. unknown and the impossible, especially when you're looked at sort of as the underdog. So it's kind of fun. America well, loves and, underdogs. And in a
3: field where it was dominated by men. Yes. Right? Yes.
1: Hey, I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Rachel Layden, managing partner at the Juice Bar. And the um, goat of the juice bar, yeah, the first female goat and uh, the first uh, guest that we've ever had on location right here at Pod Studio One, it's an epic moment, yeah. And we look forward to. Uh, we decided this was going so well, we decided to break it up into two.
3: We got to keep it a quick cast,
1: yeah. We got to keep it. We got to honor our uh, our heritage as a car ride to work <laughs> and a car ride home. And so, part two, I think you'll want to listen to it next week. It's titled uh, "You're the Man." Look forward to seeing you then.
3: Boom.